Welcome to this episode of Film History, the History of Film. Uh, like I said last episode, we kind of just recorded these all together and forgot to do an official breakup, so uh, consider this an intro. And uh, I'm Drake Cummings, uh, the host of the show is James Wyatt Scott, and as always, with his unique and eclectic knowledge, Sailor Dev. So sit back and enjoy. Also, my deepest apologies that if you're a regular listener, you'll notice that this episode is going up a day late. Uh, something that I pride myself on is getting these episodes up on time on Wednesdays. Um, but, uh, I forgot to do my taxes. So <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I promise to try and do better. And, uh, without further ado, I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film That better who you the lights, lights go dim From James Cagney to, to Nosferatu And stunts that shock you And dirty, dirty tricks to your made From wings to Top Gun Movie stars and no ones For romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton Hollywood Is still from history in Hollywood they chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. History, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. So one of the cool things about this movie is there's really no score. And again, I know I've said this before and it was a lie. I really mean it this time. There's not, there's, <laughs> there are some music playing from, a, what do you call it, Dev? You talked about this, where there's music in the scene, but it's. Warlitzer. No, no, no. It's a music from a scene where it's like someone's playing a radio or a record. And that's kind of the music of the scene as it's coming from within the world. Oh, yeah. You know? um, there's a word for it. And I can't for the life of me remember should we look it up i wouldn't even know how to look that up music from music from the world <laughs> see diegetic that's ah. it it's diegetic score ah. so if you're hearing music it's playing from something in cool. the scene yeah okay. even to the point where like i hate to like spoil things for this movie because i really do want people but it leaves you with nothing like it it's this silent ending of like Ooh. it kind of like gives you like uh, a little bit of a close, you know, mm-hmm. says some stuff, and then you watch these guys like march, and it's just mm-hmm. nothing, and it's just like the end. Boom. Very cool. Nothing. Imagine being in a theater, yeah. in 1930, and it's just like, what like the well, fuck? I'm sad now. Yes, like I they're, they're like the title card did warn you that there will be no joy to be had in this picture. <laughs> Don't worry. When you go outside, there's plenty of cheerful things to go do during the beginning of the Great Depression. You know, so did they, when did they start calling it the Great Depression? Were they like off the rip? They were like, yo, this is going to be the, the old GD right here. <laughs> this is, or were they, is that something that they 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 named afterwards? Like ten years later, yeah. they were like. Remember that Great Depression we yeah. had? <gasps> oh, depression. Great. They were like, this is greatly depressing <laughs> that <laughs> we just left this movie. Yeah, I don't know when, but I can't imagine Frank Sinatra being like, hey, doll, you like that depression <laughs> back there? Like, it was great. Remember, remember the old GD? <laughs> it was great. But Lewis Milestone, he was having this problem where he's he's made this you know deliberately serious no-score movie, but he's sending it off to those silent theaters well, they got to do something. 
So when he would send it off to these theaters, sometimes he'd find out that they're playing like whatever the fuck they want to alarm in his face. It's like, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. And it's against just like, it's like devastating circus war. Circus music? Yeah. <laughs> like circus. Guys, we, we lost the score for uh, the war movie. Ah, just put the new Mickey Mouse thing on. Yeah. That'll work. Had a Steamboat Willie theme. <laughs> That's all we got. We're we're only hearing two things they just right interspersed now. Interspersed footage of Steamboat Willie <laughs> while dudes are being blown up. It's like toot toot. <laughs> Walt Disney. We only got two things. <laughs> we got war and we got Steamboat Willie. It's the Great Depression. What do you want? <laughs> Which one do you want? I want to see war, but hear Steamboat. <laughs> <laughs> we can facilitate that. But, dude, this thing had many iterations. This was the first novel adaptation to win Best Picture, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's only the third Oscars, so, I mean, go ahead and get them, get them in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was the first novel, but this thing, it was a book. It became a movie twice, yeah. going to be three times <laughs> soon. Uh, it was a TV movie. Well, it was a movie and then a TV movie in 1979. Oh, that one was a TV movie? It was a TV movie, but it's great. Yeah. It, it, TV movies back then were different. Oh, you know? yeah. It's not like nowadays. It's yeah. not like NCIS quality TV yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a BBC radio special at one point. They did like the whole teleplay on the radio, mm. which I thought was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, of course, an audio book nowadays. Soon it's going to be like a fucking TikTok or something. You'll be able to see, you know, all quiet on the TikTok front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, adapted into like a video game. Yeah. Like Dude, a po- that'd be awesome. Like a point and click adventure game. This where would be just, a great point and click. <laughs> where you just everything you click on is a sad. They're like find food and you have to open up all the cupboards and yeah. there is no food. You have to eat your friend. <laughs> it's like, don't worry. He's dead anyway. Do you guys know the first full. A movie that was based on a novel. I thought it was this one. This first one won an Oscar. Oh, the no, first no, one. No, won this o- is the first oh, one. I, won oh, an the Oscar. first one made based on. No, which mm. one was it? So actually, the, there was. I don't count this because this is only a scene and not a full movie. But in 1896, wow. there was a 45 second scene that depicted part. Of a novel, a scene novel called Tribly and the Little Billy. Wow. Uh, I have no idea what that was about, and it's kind of irrelevant. It's French Definitely and whatever. Definitely porn. But more importantly, <laughs> the first full novel made into a full-length movie was Oliver Twist. Uh, uh, okay. By our good old friend Charles Dickens. Uh, good, old right. Chuck. good old Chuck. Good old Chuck Dick. Love old Chuck Dick. I love Christmassy guy. <laughs> Charles Dickens is the best name for characters. Like I looked up like just character names because I, well, I was writing something one time and I wanted like it was a comedy, but I wanted like a running joke to be. It was going to be an animated comedy, and I wanted the running joke to be characters were just named after Charles Dickens characters, <laughs> but like does not fit whatsoever. Yeah. And like you only know if you know, like you never address it. And so I started looking up names of Charles Dickens characters, and they are the most comical fucking names yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, it's all like. So, ironically enough, this movie, it was called The Death of Nancy Sykes. It was not called Oliver Twist. It didn't follow Oliver. It actually didn't even include orphan hero Oliver himself. It focused on the villain in Oliver Twist, the vicious street thief Billy Sykes, who murdered his girlfriend Nancy for thwarting a kidnapping attempt on Oliver. So they took Oliver fucking twist and was like, 
Nah, we're not going to do that. We're only going to do the bad guy in this and make it a bad did guy. It, did it portray so, him as a... Uh, pretty hilarious. Did it portray him as, like, a, a, the protagonist? I mean, him. he was the main right. character but he wasn't the he uh, wasn't a hero i don't think it, it like i don't they, think they didn't they didn't venom this they didn't morbius like the movie. living vampire this they were doing some stuff man that pre-code i swear that code mm. led us into like a dark era like the dark ages of film like mm. the same thing where christianity what it did to art for all mm. those years like that happened like again you know all quiet on the western front it had uh, partial nudity, you know, dudes in their underwear. They even had a scene where they suggested that they were all like upstairs having sex with these French women mm. and dudes blowing up. You know, it was. How different do you think society would have been if Fatty Arbuckle hadn't murdered that woman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Like, if there was never a code, right? How different do you think our society would be? <sighs> I don't know, because now we're in, we're again in a we're, we're in, in a post code world. Yeah. But imagine all that code time if it was uncoded. We would just be showing straight up actual <laughs> snuff films, you know, <laughs> just be like snuff porns. Kill the Holocaust would have won the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> we would just have a lot of cooler movies that came out of the fifties and sixties, yeah. you know, just like yeah. fucking uh, Rebel Without a Cause would have been just blood and guts, and like James Dean would have died on camera, you know, instead, <laughs> instead of in a, of, yeah. instead of on the highway, <laughs> instead of on the highway. What a world. <laughs> what a world. Oh. So do we call it pulling a James Dean or pulling a Paul Walker? Both. What's I think same. we call it pulling a Paul Dean. Yeah, a Paul Dean. Oh, oh. <laughs> A Paula Dean. I don't want to be called pulling all Paula Dean. That's dropping the N word. About that life. Pull a Dean of Paul. Dean of Paul. Both Porsches. Oddly yeah. enough, uh, we'll call it, we, we, we call it, we call it driving a Porsche. Yeah, driving a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> pulling a driving a Porsche. Talk about uh. fake news. We'll say calling it an Alex Jones. <laughs> Um, but the back to the cat. The adaptation was uh, the screenplay was Maxwell Anderson, George Abbott, Dell Andrews, C. Gardner Sullivan, and uh, with some uncredited work by Walter Anthony and Milestone himself also wrote a little bit of this. They all did the adaptation for it. It stars Louis Volheim, Lou Adris, John Ray, Arnold Lucy, and Ben Alexander as Affleck? the main dudes that. What's ben that? Affleck? Ben Affleck. Yeah, he's been around. I wouldn't be surprised. That man's an alien for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, you know, one best picture for 19, in 1930 for Universal. It was the first uh, best picture for Universal. Win for Universal? Nice. Yeah, yeah. The Academy Award for Directing for Lewis Milestone and the Academy Award for Outstanding Production, as it was still called, by the way. It wasn't quite yet best picture, but it is... Still retroactively okay, yeah, considered, but they got rid of best artistic or whatever. They were just doing outstanding picture. Exactly, now. exactly. So outstanding picture, best director, anything else? Yeah, it received two further nominations. It so it was it was nominated for four, one, two. Okay. Uh, it also received best cinematography nomination for Arthur Edison and best writing achievement for Abbott Anderson and okay. Andrews, the guy who wrote it, the cool. guys who wrote it. It was mentioned in a bunch of songs as well. Elton John's album Jump Up in 1982 features the song All Quiet on the Western Front, and it's like a, a song version of the story. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Bob Dylan, during his Nobel Laureate lecture, cited this book as one that had a profound effect on his songwriting. Um 
These are just kind of like interesting facts because I'm going to get into the ceremony. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, do you cover what it went up against? Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get right. into it. Well, I'm going to get. Uh, the, the, it's very interesting Academy Awards Ooh. in 1930. But I did want to tell you one more little bit about this. Zazu Pitts was an actress in the 20s. And. Huh. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, Zazu Pitts, Z A S U. I just want to make sure I heard yeah. that correctly. Zazu Pitts, grandfather of Brad, <laughs> grandmother, great great grandmother, Steve Zazu. Steve Zazu. Or Zizu? Yeah. What are we talking about? Is this a Wes Anderson movie now? She or? was this actress in the twenties who was a comedian actor. Like she did all this like great comedy of the twenties. She was super famous, super famous comedian actress, and she was kind of wanting to make her like turn in something more serious so they cast her in this as when the our our main soldier that we follow throughout the whole thing when he goes home to visit his family it's his mother and his sister and she played the mother originally well they screened this thing for a bunch of test audiences and people were fucking cracking up because it was zazu pitts playing the mother they they thought it was like I supposed guess, to be funny yeah bro they thought they fucking laughed at that name title card exactly. at the beginning of the movie. That sounds like a Charles Dickens character. Yeah, Zazu Pitts. Should be right at home next to Dick Swiveller <laughs> and Wackford Squeaks. <laughs> Both Wackford real character Squeaks. names, by the way. I tell you, Charles Dickens went crazy with Wackford. character names. But they had to recast her, and they had to reshoot her stuff. Aww. So she got recast. She was fine. She oh, was okay. huge. But, I mean, it still would have been cool to be in the yeah. first Best Picture for Universal, for sure. Yeah. But uh, she was replaced by Beryl Mercer. Her name was Beryl. <laughs> they replaced Zazu with Beryl. So. <laughs> Beryl. I'll tell you a little bit about the release here. When it came out, Nazis stormed the screenings of the film in Germany uh, often releasing rats or stink bombs into the theaters. You know, this was 12 years after World War One, and basically, like, Hitler and the Nazis were like, we're over here trying to make Germany great again, and mm-hmm. you're showing us, you know, the yeah. bad shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. And- they, they were just rehearsing. This was the for burning another just, building this, down. This movie goes against their marketing campaign. Their whole marketing campaign is like, no, dude, we were badass we were World badass. War I. We were, bad, we're pussies now. We were badass back then, dude. Exactly, exactly. We should get back to that. Yeah. Back to that war we lost. <laughs> S- says the failed painter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this led to the film ultimately being banned by the Nazi party in Germany by Nazi Minister of the Interior Wilhelm Frick on the grounds that it it ignominiously represented Germans as cowards. And ironically, it was banned in Poland for like the exact opposite. Poland said this thing is pro-German. We don't want this thing playing in Poland. Uh, we know what's coming, you know. And Poland, they weren't the only ones, though. The American Legion argued that the film treated the German soldiers in a sympathetic way. And that was why the U.S. Army didn't get behind it after they read the script. And, you know, morally, financially, none of it. And it wouldn't receive proper screenings in Germany until 1956, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Though uh, Switzerland ate it up in 1930. It it made its money back. Um, It definitely made, like, it kind of broke even. But during the Great Depression, you know, I Mm -hmm. mean, that was... A pretty good thing. I think it made like 1.6 or something, you know, so it made back like, and nowadays it has gone on to make millions. Nowadays mm-hmm. people are, it's on Amazon right now for four bucks if you want to see it. It's so fucking good. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Think about how crazy that is that 
the same piece of art got interpreted in completely polar yeah. opposite yeah. directions. Yeah. Yeah. I just find that fucking fascinating about humans that like we're so we the way we look at something is so through the lens of our own culture and our own yeah. perspective that here you can have arguably like one of the first international media, you know, things that like a video, a movie, whatever you want to call it. I mean, sure, there's radio before that, but this is like a big piece of art, sort of like a painting or like the Mona Lisa that existed that everybody right. knew about. But this was like something that everybody on all sides of the world could see and just completely. I mean, it's, it still happens. <laughs> I mean, you had people thing. thinking that Black Panther was like a right wing movie because really? they did because yeah, because they totally missed the message of the movie. Oh. They were like, "See, Wakanda's isolationist." Actually, that's a good thing. Oh, and it was like, "Did you not watch shit. the last third of that movie?" Wow. And then you had people. You had people arguing that Squid Games was pro-communist. You had people arguing that Squid Games is pro-capitalism. Wow. And I was like, one of you didn't watch the same movie as <laughs> the same show as the rest of us. Like, it's very funny. That is funny. So I think that's a that observation is a really great uh, thing to keep in mind when we're placing our subjective opinions right, on art. for sure. All over yeah, the place. Yeah. Uh, this goes, and, you know, just arguably what's funny to yeah. who? Yeah. You know? No, you're very right. Because sometimes, you know, you'll get a standing ovation. We all saw the same slap and we all look at it differently, dude. <laughs> sometimes you get a slap in the face and your slapper gets a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes the slap is on the other cheek, my guy. The other cheek, my man. <laughs> but it, it would also... It's all a matter of <laughs> and I think they, I think they were all missing the fucking point. It was neither pro nor against Germany. It was just anti-war. Yeah, it was yeah. a true story. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it was like a, it was. If someone was writing about their lived experience in the German army. Yeah, I'm sure if he had served in the British army or the American Same army, shit. he'd have a similar not too great account of the <laughs> terrors he just went through. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Me Meanwhile, you got the Russian director back there saying, ha, ha, I've done it. I've gotten the two to fight against one another instead of us. Um, they were taking trains. Germans were actually like hopping on trains to go to Switzerland, France, and the Netherlands to go watch this. Wow. Which is very cool, but also... Yeah. The rich Yeah, Germans. the rich. And also, be very careful in 1930. Germany, Germans getting anywhere near trains yeah, is just yeah, very yeah. scary. You know? Your foot so, trains uh, to get on. Yeah, we, oh. we've seen what happens when those doors open, and uh, the footage is terrifying. Yeah. You know? Again, the rich, <laughs> the rich Germans. Yeah, if you're a poor yeah. German, stay away from trains. But we're going to get into the Academy Awards in 1930, the third, actually, well, 1931, the third Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play that. This was at the Fiesta Room of the Ambassador Hotel here in L.A. Uh, Wednesday, November. Where's the Ambassador? I don't think it's there anymore. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure it's like a fucking Target or something by now. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. doesn't give a shit. But uh, maybe it's still there. For all I know, I don't know. Look at, I'll look it up right now. Okay. Let me check. The Ambassador Hotel and Lost. Demolished. In, in Los Angeles. They were demolishing it while they were having the awards <laughs> that year. You know? uh, yeah, closed in 1989. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, the Ambassador Hotel was a hotel in Los Angeles, California, designed by architect Myron Hunt. The Ambassador Hotel famously opened to the public on January 1st, 1921. Wasn't that where What's-His-Face, uh, the Kennedy, Robert Kennedy got shot? Wasn't that at the Ambassador? Wait, really? I think so. 
I think oh, that was. Oh, that does yeah, sound Yeah, I think familiar. he got shot at the Ambassador. Mm-hmm. It was on Wilshire. Yeah, in yeah. the kitchen. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. on Wilshire. Yeah. 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 It was on 3400 Wilshire Boulevard, Los Angeles. Yeah, that's where With all... its Mediterranean styling tile floors, Italian stone fireplace, and semi tropical courtyard, the ambassador enchanted guests for over six decades. Yeah, and enchanted bullets into some of the guests <laughs> by Sirhan Sirhan. It was a. It, it was turned into a target, and now it's just a homeless. <laughs> People still yeah. do get shot there. Look, that first, has not changed. Yeah, first Robert F. Kennedy was turned into a target at the Ambassador, and then the Ambassador was turned into a target as well. Wow, this thing looked elaborate. Did you hear that joke? That was pretty genius. <laughs> I you. did. That was <laughs> I should have been slapped in the face for that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I was at all of what I was seeing. This yeah, looks- no, it was it was fancy. This it looks like a fancy. Different, different country. Yeah. It was a fancy place to have the Academy Awards in the Festa Room on Wednesday, November the 5th, 1930. And this was honoring movies released from August 1st, 1929 to July 31st, 1930. You know. So th- this is where they kind of fixed the two-year thing, right? I think so, dude. It was still yeah. so fucking weird. This was like... But this is when... They started to look like what we know. Mm. You know, this is a, it started to shape up a little bit. This was the first ceremony to be filmed. Okay. Not all of it, but parts of it. Okay. So <laughs> well, that hasn't changed. Yeah. That ha- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, they only had eight categories at this time, which is as many as we got rid of for the last one. So. <laughs> This is a very different world. Universal Pictures co-founder and president Carl Lamley, who also produced this movie, uh, he won a special Academy Award for All Quiet on the Western Front, which was given to him by Louis B. Mayer himself, who was vice president of MGM at the time. And handing out his naked statues. <laughs> was, wait, so was it a, was it a dinner still, or was it an actual like ceremony? It was a dinner. I actually have a picture of it that I want to send to you. Uh, it was a dinner ceremony, but it was packed house. And oh, this okay. was the first time where it looks like it starts to look like an award show. It's starting to look like the Academy Awards. Okay. Like there were as many people there as are now. Ah, you know? yeah, cool. and it was it was probably one of the first times where it was like packed with. All of Hollywood, you know. That's why good old Louie was like, I want everybody to see me hand the Golden Goose <laughs> trophy to this fucking yes. director. See? Look at him. Smile, smile. Yeah. Yes. Just smile and shut up. Take your, take your salary. Take um, your medal take and your go. Medal. But one of the reasons for that as well is this was the first time where they started selling tickets. They charged a $10 fee to get into the Academy Whoa, Awards. Open to the public? Now I imagine you had to be somebody. Ooh. I don't think it would just go to anybody. What's, but what's, the, what's the old inflator calculator? When you put that $10 ticket through the old inflation calculator, that's about 170 bucks. Thousand bucks. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Close. Well, 170 in the Great Depression is a lot of money. Yeah. But, you know, it's not unreasonable, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is cool because, like, if it is open to the public, and let's just assume anyone could buy a ticket, you know what I mean? Like, it's a Great Depression... We 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 uh you know we set the price at this rate, but if you can afford it, you can come. Right. Uh, again, mirroring mirroring the game awards, you can buy tickets to go to the game awards. That's not going to be a thing forever. You no, know, what that's I mean? like, true. So, oh, here it is. It was Academy members. Academy uh, members only. Okay. I take were, yeah. Take back everything I said. <laughs> no, but I I understood what you were saying, and I agree. And they sold out. They sold out. So this thing was a sold out event. 
and uh, it was old Louis B. Meyer himself. Um, he was handing out that naked thing. And by the way, I just learned while watching this Oscars, that little naked statue was modeled after Emilio El Indio Fernandez. Yeah. A very well-known Mexican actor. I learned that as well. Yeah. Why, why'd, they, uh, why'd they model after him? I don't know. I think maybe Louis B. Meyer just liked his dick or something. <laughs> Why'd they change his name? Why'd they change his name to Oscar? You called it the yeah, Emilio. Yeah, the Emilio. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> Who the fuck was Oscar? I still don't know. I still don't. I think I've even said it here on this show, and it made so little sense that I don't even. I don't even retain that knowledge. <laughs> it was named. I. I don't know. It was all the boys that Louis B. Meyer was fucking <laughs> but, uh, against their will, probably. But. Uh, <laughs> That was their code name. <laughs> Bring in Oscar. That Bring was the Oscar. name of the model's dick. <laughs> he called it Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Emilio was a good dude, but Oscar was the <laughs> one I really liked. That was the name for his penis. Uh, <laughs> uh, voting rules changed drastically. The nominations and winners were voted on by the entire Academy, not just by a board of judges. Mm. So that was the first time for this as well. Again, it's kind of getting there, you know. It's getting yeah. to what what we all know. It's getting to the point now where it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Everything is very clear. Yeah, uh, it's just clear cut. You yeah. know, everything about the academy is there's no hubbub going mm-hmm. on behind the scenes. Absolutely, you know? uh, never has been, never will <laughs> be, never will be. Yeah, it's, been a, it's, it's all very clean, squeaky, yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, all quiet on the Western Front. One best picture. Uh, or as I was saying, outstanding production received by its producer Carl Lamley. By the way, absolutely pronounced Lamley. I finally took the fucking time to look it up. It is Lamley. Those theaters around L.A. are the Lamleys, y'all. Oh wait, there's wait, what, what theaters? Also, are these? the Lamley theaters, the one who shows all the indie films. Oh, yeah, they're like the last small theater named after chain this guy? in town. Yeah, they're na- he oh. was the guy who started them. Oh, yeah. Lamley. Yep, yep, the Lamley. There's one right down the street. Lamai. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just point out that it was called Outstanding Production, yeah. right? And it got changed to Best right. Picture. I, I don't, I don't find that a wee bit suspicious at all. That the producers giving out the trophies were like, oh, let's not make this about us. We're gonna go accept the award right. still, but we're gonna call it Best Picture because it's a team, right? And, right. You know. I think it's one of those, and I think that that's either, if it wasn't, where's the best producer category? <laughs> that's very true, actually. It's, it's kind of hard to, like, say who the, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like a thankless job, but it's also kind of hard to quantify how good you were at it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if the movie's good, you can assume you're good at your it job, but it's like... who's the biggest producer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like you made a great schedule, and we all stuck to that <laughs> schedule. That, yeah. You did a fantastic job. <laughs> good budget. You called someone that really helped. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard. Thing That'll to be the Oscars in 2030. <laughs> They're like, and the best line producer goes <laughs> to. <laughs> no, nah, it'll be the best. Who is the best at reeling in Catherine Heigl? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, and especially back in these days, it was like, who was, who was the best at keeping Marlon Brando away from the hot dog stand? You know? Um, <laughs> Who's the best at not letting James Cagney get shot by a real? <laughs> Who's the best at keeping that Thompson guy a little bit more sober? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I can see out of this eye. I was dead shot, baby. <laughs> um, one of my eyes is glass. You got to worry about that one. One of my eyes is drunk and one of them is glass. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guess which. You, you're about to find out. We're going to find out as soon as I pull this trigger. <laughs> he just like takes a few practice shots on the wall to line it up. Oh, uh, man. Why is there two? Why is there two James Cagney's? <laughs> one of you's got to die today. <laughs> I hope it's the right one. James Cagney, what's your twin's name? I've never heard of him. Oh, we don't shoot him. <laughs> your stunt double sure looks a lot like you. <laughs> Why is your stunt double in the same scene as you in the other frame? <laughs> it also won Best Director for old Louis Milestone, baby. Nice. He took home Best Director, which he, he should have, dude. Is this the first time Best Picture and Best Director were won by the same thing? Indeed cool. it is, my man. Good call. This was the... Uh, First time Look, that happened. I didn't, I didn't know this fun fact about good old uh, Milestone, but he uh, filmed one of the first films in. Oh Florida. shit! No way! He broke. He broke the industry. Yeah, in 1926, a black silent rom com about sports. So like, Whoa. let that sink Holy in. Shit. A black and white silent rom com. I've. Called the New Klondike about a baseball team in Florida and Miami that was doing spring training. And apparently, I didn't know this either, but in the 1920s, there was a ridiculous real estate land boom in Florida. And this had featured a bunch of real estate agents doing hilarious things, trying to sell real estate in Florida in the 1920s wow. while Holy baseball shit. playing. Sounds yeah. Cool. It sounds like but, something I'd want to scrub through to whatever. see the footage of 1920s Florida, you know, for sure. <laughs> sounds like, like something I want a remake of, though. Yeah, like, a remake yeah. would be sick. Yeah, no. dude, I can't. I, I'm honestly excited for the remake of the new All Quiet. I think who's directing it? I don't know. I'll find out more about it. I don't think who's there's much it? about it yet. Okay, probably Universal. I mm. think they still own it. Yeah, so I would imagine it's going to be them. That year at the Academy Awards, George Arliss won Best Actor for Disraeli, the movie. And it was the first time a performer was honored by the Academy for recreating a role on screen, which he had previously performed on stage. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. So they were doing it, but it, no one had won the award for it yet. Right. Just like old CAG, baby. Yeah. CAG did, uh, you know, the Penny Arcade, <laughs> and they, he didn't win anything for it. But. <laughs> uh, the Love Parade received six nominations that year, the greatest number of any film to that point. Wow. Uh, didn't win any of them. Did wow. not win any of them. Uh, best sound recording was introduced this year, of course. You know, I mean, that makes it was mm -hmm. the best. It was the first sound. Yeah. <laughs> and the Oscar for the first sound recording goes to... <laughs> well, no, I mean, the last one was was, yeah. was, was sounded. Uh, it was obviously. sounding. It was yeah. sounding. Yeah. They were sounding in those movies, too. <laughs> they uh, Pre-code, baby, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> best sounding was introduced this year, making it the first new category since the inception of the Oscars. This <laughs> is the first new category for the Oscars. Best sounding was uh, Douglas Shearer. <laughs> Brother of the Best Actress winner, Norma Shearer. He got the best sounding, and his sister was sounding with him, making them the first sounding siblings winners in Oscar history. That alliteration was fucking brilliant. Good job. Quite an achievement. Thank you. The first sounding sibling sisters. Quite an achievement. <laughs> I should win the Oscar for doing that. Charles Dickens would be proud. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm taking a bow, and I'm slapping Chris Rock in the face. Uh, and 
last but not least, this is just the last fact, and then we'll open it for discussion. Uh, an honorary Academy membership was given to Thomas Edison for his pioneering in the film medium. <laughs> he didn't go, by the way. Yeah. He's like, nah, I'm good. Uh, but I he hate did, all of you still. He sent a film. He sent a film for them to play where he's like, hey, it's me, Tommy. Uh, I couldn't make it today, but uh, oh love you. Love you, bubs. You know? <laughs> I'm over here sounding. So. It's, me, it's old me, Tommy E. <laughs> it's old Tommy E, baby. <laughs> love you for reals. I'm out here exploiting patents and taking credit for things i didn't do so i couldn't get over to the award show but uh happy you're giving me credit for something i didn't do yeah louis and by the way feel free to keep those lights on (laughs) yeah exactly he's like i'm not here but those light bulbs above you are mine all right old tommy e here puts my signature on it i mean this is also he didn't he i don't know when california edison started but i assume he had a fucking power company Uh, back then he's not doing shit he's got people doing everything Everything for him. I'm old. Was, I'm old. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. Hey. Tell old Louis B. Mayer to keep the lights running <laughs> <laughs> on me. You're welcome. He paid for the electricity that night. Uh, That'd be so funny. He's like, I'm not there, but you are because of me. You know. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, didn't even go. I really would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see him yeah. get his invitation. Mm-hmm. He's like, who? What? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> as long as they keep paying me the for all those they, reels. The thing they stole from me? Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. It's like... I just electrocuted an, effle- an elephant at the fucking <laughs> World's Fair. What do you yeah, want me to go do now? I gotta defeat this virgin <laughs> enemy I have. <laughs> I'm keeping a low profile ever since I, ca- I killed that elephant. They're really after me right now. Um, <laughs> soon to be PETA is really not happy with me. <laughs> but that's kind of it about the ceremony. Uh, and that's kind of it. So so what was up against? What, what, are our best, what, are, what are things we're nominated for Best Picture? By the way, you can't find that movie... Uh, the Klondike movie, and man, I can't even really find still images. That sucks, of it. man. Some of those movies are. I can only yeah, find the artwork. Some of them got yeah. burned and shit. Some of them are like just really got lost to history. It's in the Library oh, of Congress. Okay. You can go watch. So it's in the Library of Congress, but it's on thirty-five millimeter, and one of the reels oh, is damn. missing. It's crazy. Well, shit. That's how yeah. old all this shit is. Congress can't do anything right. <laughs> can't do anything. Those bastards. Uh, all Quiet on the Western Front for Outstanding Production was up against The Big House, Disraeli, by old uh, Jack Warner and Daryl Zanuck for Warner Brothers. <laughs> you know, old Jack. And, uh, he was Jack and James Cagney had just begun scissoring, you know. <laughs> um, they had just begun sounding each other. There was... The Divorcee was uh, MGM's that year, and The Love Parade was Paramount that year, or Paramount Famous Lasky, as they were called. Mm. And uh, so that's who they were up against. Uh, the Love Parade was another you know, pre-code. It was a musical directed by Ernst Lubisch. Oh, I wonder if that's what Bar Lubisch is named after down the street. <laughs> Involving the marital difficulties of Queen Louise of Sylvania and her consort. Ah, yeah. such a relatable story. Such a rich, uh, some rich lady and her boyfriend who's poor. <laughs> and her consort. <laughs> her consort. 
<laughs> Everybody in the Great Depression wants to go watch that. <laughs> go watch someone in their consort. It's like, I, don't, I can't even afford a consort, woman. <laughs> can't afford uh, the dictionary and tell me what the fuck a consort is. <laughs> there was the divorcee. I mean, you know, you can pretty much guess Sounds what that Sounds like was more about. consorts. <laughs> more consorts, more divorce, more depression. Uh, Disraeli. Other people's women. <laughs> other people's women. <laughs> other men's women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Disraeli was a uh, historical film uh, released by Warner Brothers. It's all about a historic. It was about history. <laughs> the concept of the consorts <laughs> in Disraeli. Is <laughs> it a no. documentary? We're doing a real great job here on film history, talking about the film about history. Was it a documentary? <laughs> was it a documentary? <laughs> it was. Uh, Oh, shit. The plot. Okay. Uh, in 1874, Disraeli's ambitious foreign policy aimed at extending the British Empire is voted down by the House of Commons after a speech by his great rival, William Gladstone. Later, Disraeli receives the welcome news that the spendthrift Khedive of Egypt is in dire need of money and is willing to sell the controlling shares in the Suez Canal. <laughs> you tell so, me this didn't win? Real, real <laughs> banger of a movie here about the Suez Canal and uh, the politics about it. So, hey, you yeah. tell me this thing didn't win? <laughs> it was nominated. It robbed. It robbed, I tell robbed. you. They got snubbed that year, I tell you. I want to see more canal movies. I mean, <laughs> more canal movies. <laughs> more consorts. You guys forget. Back then, <laughs> you control the canal. You control That's very the world. true, Deb. You are not wrong about that. And especially in the Great Depression, what we need is more canals. <laughs> they were like, one of the title cards was like, this is the canaliest movie you've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. The Suez Canal was the shit back in the day. So I I can see why. Trendy. It's trendy. Trendy. Movie. You had some. I mean, the British didn't invade Egypt because they liked the Sphinx. <laughs> right. Uh, you had some good actors and actresses here too, man. Best actress, of course. Like I said, it went to Norma Shearer, but Nancy Carroll was up for The Devil's Holiday. Ruth Chatterton, Greta Garbo. Norma Shear, Gloria Swanson, who uh, fucking Sunset Boulevard is based on, oh. and she actually plays Gloria. Like she, she's the actress in Sunset Boulevard, mm. portraying an old silent movie person because she actually was. What is the Devil's Holiday? The Devil's Holiday. It is a pre-code film <laughs> starring Nancy Carroll, who got the Oscar for it. Whoa, the the painting looks really cool. It was a Paramount movie. Uh, let's see. A gold digger marries a young man for his money, but finds that she really loves him and wants to keep him despite his family's disapproval. More consorts. More consorts. More consort man. movies, dude. Consort movies. <laughs> that Grim. movie is. It was. It was Pretty Woman. Oh. It was Pretty Woman. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Well, sort of. It kind of inverse. So. Basically, everybody's just letting loose, running around, doing whatever in the 20s. And then the 30s, everybody's like, all right. Yeah, we got to retire. Calm, calm this down. It was, they all came down from the cocaine of the 20s. There's too much consorting happening. There's too many consorts, damn it. We can't sell all these consorts. We need good wholesome movies like this war thing. Yeah, this war thing where people lose. There's they're just hands left. That's it. Oh, man. Well, I'm satisfied. Yeah, yeah. 
That was uh, that was it. Oh, best cinematography that year went to Hell's Angels. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. Old uh, old Hugh. Worth every in camera there, he put on those planes. Dude, fuck, I forgot. We got to do that episode soon. Yeah, man. yeah. The, on on Hugh, bring in the milk. Hugh, Hugh, what's his name? Oh shit. Oh no, I just blanked too. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh, Hugh Hefner. Hugh. Hugh Mungus. Hugh <laughs> Airplane Howard Hughes Howard Hughes Howard Hughes That's what we said Yeah wait Let me come back to the top Oh and Hell's Angel Won that year Oh Howard Hughes's movie Nice <laughs> Worth every camera he bought <laughs> Actually, borrowed any of that It's 10.30 everyone It's 10.30 It's, it's 4am like for Dev right it's now It's 4am so. It's 4am <laughs> But I don't sleep, especially not during the full. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've been, I've been like averaging like uh, four to six. Yeah. I'm about four to six now. I'm about four to six. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll do it. Well, that'll do it. That'll do You can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake. I am... I'm doing real well. It, I just passed 10K total likes. Woo. Rode to 300 followers. Been had had a couple uh, videos uh, getting to almost 10k uh, views, so uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah 10k likes, not 10k views. I'll cut it if I said it wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, go follow me there, Hollywood Drake. Uh, you can check out my YouTube, which will have more stuff coming soon. Check out a short film I made, just nothing personal. And then my merch store. If you like 1920s inspired things, you can buy a shirt that's kind of that. Yeah. RaisingTwaysMerch.com. I'm Devin, and you can find me at uh, co- Consorts <laughs> Are Us on OnlyFans. Sailor, Sailor underscore Dev on IG and Abracadabra Dev you, you on You know, Twitter. we really don't use the word consort enough these days. I know, let's bring it back. Yeah, let's bring back consorts for sure. The resurgence. It's a, the, the consorts history. That's a my consorts. page. <laughs> Dev's is being a consort. Oh, which, which oh yeah, I totally forgot we're supposed to be promoting that now. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. You, you can find us on Patreon. Yes, link in the description of this video. But uh, it's film history, the history of film. But I will provide a link. Uh, you can also I'll put the link on our Instagram as well. Our Instagram will link to it. And uh, yeah, check it out. We just got our first patron Dylan. ever. Dylan, shout out to Dylan. And if you. This episode. If you for would you, like to be a hero Dylan. like Dylan, yes, you can subscribe. We don't have our tiers totally figured out yet, but uh, give us like another week. But we will. We promise we'll deliver. Dylan can be, be my, my hero, hero baby. baby. <laughs> you away my and you can you can Sorry. find us at Film History, the history of film, on all over the socials or FHHF podcast on Twitter. You can find me at Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking. Also, uh, just wanted to plug this real quick. You can find me at James Wyatt Scott on IMDb, baby. My IMDb is finally fucking up and running. I don't know why that took so damn long, but uh, yeah, you can find me on there and see all the uh, all the all the brilliant films that I've been in. Uh, <laughs> Nice. They're gonna, they're gonna take you right back down after this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> and uh, you can also find me, you know, walking up the stage of the Oscars, slap the shit out of whoever's presenting. Keep my country's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and that was film history. The, the history. history.
You know what I'm talking about.